The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? Great final hour on a Friday before all the conference championship games in college football with Vilma today. The Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. Teddy Bruschi. And bring that magic back. I'm just not going to talk. Let these two guys ball out here in the studio. That's going to be in less than 30 minutes. Our pick six in about 10 minutes. But two pieces of breaking news from two reporters of ESPN right now. Chris Lowe on ESPN.com reporting that former Tennessee Hall of Fame coach Philip Fulmer will be named the athletic director later today at a press conference. Sources telling that to Chris Lowe is still being finalized, whether he'll take on the athletic director role on an interim basis through the remainder of the coach search or be named the permanent AD. So we told you the beginning of the show, that's exactly what was going on. Power play here. Curry out as he went to the West Coast to go find another coach. He comes back. Job is done. And Fulmer wanted this gig, and Fulmer has pulled this thing off. Who knows how permanent. The other piece of news here, Jimbo Fisher, about halfway through the show today, resigns from Florida State. He goes to Texas A&M, and here is a big reason, maybe the reason he leaves Tallahassee. Ten years, $75 million contract for Fisher, which is the richest deal in college football history in terms of total value. Saban's about 11-plus. Urban's around 8, depending on how you look at the numbers there. But $75 million, the total value of the contract, the largest deal in college football history. Again, his second It'll be second or third there in average annual salary. And players shouldn't get paid. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm not. Whew. Okay. When it comes to the players getting paid debate, I'm somewhere in between hard line. These guys deserve nothing. And the Bennett brothers calling it slavery. Like I'm somewhere in, in, in the middle. <laughs> so let's, we could do that topic a little bit later, but I want to talk to yeah. NC state head coach. you got a new deal. Uh, real proud rep of the Wolfpack here on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. It's Dave Dorn. What's up, man? How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. That's a tough lead-in right there. Well, I don't know if you got jealous. I know you got a new deal. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, seventy-five mil. How about that? Okay, so there's a bunch of stuff that we want to talk about, but I think your story for maybe the people that don't, you know know it year to year every single week, but you think about last year. You're five and six. You beat North Carolina, a rival to get bowl eligible. You win your bowl game against Vandy and it's seven and six. You know, maybe some thought that is this going to work out for Dave Noren down here? And then you get this extension. So how much has this changed for you, kind of the comfort level in just a calendar year? Yeah, it's definitely a different place to be. You know, we've built this program from the bottom and uh Really proud of our senior class. You know, we had seven all-conference players, and these were guys we played as freshmen four years ago that have just worked and worked and worked and fought through it. And a uh, very competitive conference. And we've had a bunch of, you know, one-play losses against the Florida States and the Clemsons in the last couple of years. And this year we were able to knock Florida State off and <clears throat> down there in their second game. And Jimbo had never lost a home game in his opener. Uh, and beat Louisville, and you know we were six and one at one point in time, and uh, I was blessed to, to have the opportunity to continue to be here in Raleigh. Me and my family love it. And really proud of the culture we're building here. Hey Dave, speaking of that culture, you have one guy that I would have loved to play with, Bradley Chubb. I, I think he's a special player, uh, but more he importantly, is. he has you know these antics on the field, and they're actually good antics. Uh, I laugh at it because I'm like, man, yeah. I'd love to play with a guy like that. What has he been to the program, and how has he been special? 
you know, he got here. He was a 230-some-pound linebacker, defensive end, and uh, he worked himself into playing on the D-line, you know, played special teams, rotated a little bit at backer as a freshman. We moved him to defensive end that spring, and he just bought into it, and he works as hard as everybody in the building. He's the first one in. Uh, he loves the game. He practices with passion. He has fun playing it, and uh, he's maybe one of the most competitive and heated guys around. And and then off the field, he's, you know, one of the nicest, most well-mannered uh, guys you'll be around, great family, and there's nothing about him you don't love, you know, and, and everything that he does, you know, I know he gets carried away at times. It's just because the guy's just got so much passion, you know, for playing football and having fun and the brotherhood that comes with it. I'm sure when we reached out and were like, hey, those guys want to talk NC State the whole time, and we're like, well, there might be some other questions too. What what can you tell us, Dave? We're talking with Dave Doran here, the head coach of NC State. What happened with your your talks, your involvement with potentially taking the Tennessee job and then deciding to stay at NC State? You know, uh, it was a great opportunity. Uh, we talked about it with them and, and talked about it as a family, and we love it here. Uh, I've got three sons that love their schools. My wife has great friends. I like my players. We've got a really good recruiting class. And just uh, the, the thought of leaving all the stuff that we've done here uh, and starting over somewhere that has obviously uh, some things going on that are a little bit out of control. You're just weighing the positives and the negatives. And, and I just <clears throat> said, I love it here. And my kids said they do too. And my athletic director and chancellor gave me a chance to get a five-year contract to continue to build what we think is something special here in Raleigh. And there's no way I wanted to walk away from that. You know, I just feel like I'm home right now. And I don't think you leave somewhere that you love uh, just to go somewhere that has history. You know, you, you got to feel really, really confident about what you're walking into. And I feel more confident about where I am. I don't know if you're kind of referencing there, but how much of the messiness with the Shiano deal did that, how much did that impact what kind of decision you would make when offered this job? Well, I think you have to look at everything. And for, for us, it always starts with our kids. And uh, I got a senior in high school, a sophomore in high school, and a sixth grade boy. They're all boys. And, you know, just, uh, I don't know the, the right word to say it, but just the comfort level that I was concerned about them having in their schools even and uh, the welcome that uh, coaches may or may not get. And, you know, you don't know what to believe and what not to believe. Um, but I know what we have, and I don't think you risk something that you have for something that you're not sure of unless you don't have a job, you know. And I have a great job, and I loved it, and they gave me an opportunity to have security here, and that's all I wanted. Dave, when you met with uh, John Curry, former Tennessee athletic director, did you get a sense of the uncertainty that was going on? Were you aware that there may be something above you where there, uh, the AD may be out of there? You just don't know. I mean, obviously, in conversations like that, you're, you're being sold the opportunity. And, you know, I talked to him and, and uh, Coach Fulmer both, and I think you could sense that everybody wanted that place to get back on their feet, and they were embarrassed about, you know, kind of where they were. And uh, I didn't sense, you know, animosity between anybody. I mean, you just could feel a, a bunch of people that really wanted to get back to where they used to be. Um, but I wasn't really trying to analyze their friendship as much as I was what I wanted and, you know, what my family wanted and what my children wanted. Yeah, it looks like um, the kids may have won this vote for all the disappointed ball fans out there. But, hey, this has been a real fun season. It's a very talented team, and I'm so glad that Vilma mentioned Chubb, which I'm not too 
too shocked by because I love watching him play I love linebacker. Watching Joe. Yeah, so I'm awesome. actually in Charlotte here getting ready. He's getting the ACC Defensive Player of the Year award tonight here in Charlotte. So I'm getting ready to go meet him and uh, celebrate that with him and his family. Well, yeah. tell him congrats for us, man. He, he was a special player. Is. Yeah, I will. I'll tell him you said that. I don't mean a lot to him. Dave, um, don't be jealous of that Jimbo deal. You got a nice little extension yourself there. So congrats. I'm not jealous at all. I'm happy for him. I think Jimbo's a great coach, and uh, he's worked his butt off and built a great program himself. And, you know, obviously he feels like it's a great opportunity. So I'm happy for Jimbo. Absolutely, man. And uh, be proud of your season this year as well in the bowl game coming up. So thanks a lot, Dave. I appreciate it. And go Pack. As Dave Doran, head coach NC State. So we knew when we'd have him on, we'd ask a little bit about some of the Tennessee stuff there as well. Yeah. Right here on the Rosillo Show with Vilma today, presented by Progressive Insurance. Now you can test drive snapshot, even if you have insurance with another company. See how much you could save before you switch. We got Brewski later this hour, but the pick six, I have to go basically 6-0 and to catch Vilma. <laughs> no problem. Challenge accepted. That's ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock. He constantly bricks threes. And he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With Geico, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with Geico. It's almost better than sports. You got the Rosillo Show now. Pick six coming up. All the breaking news in college football. Jimbo out, headed to A&M. And now it appears Philip Fulmer is going to be the AD. We just don't know the terms of the deal for Tennessee. So it's all turning up. It's all coming up. Fulmer down in Knoxville. We got Jonathan Vilma and Teddy Bruschi. Last time you guys were here, it was unbelievable. You guys just kind of going back and forth. I think we were just doing what? Which quarterbacks you could figure out? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of that. Um, then tougher, tough guys yeah. to go up against, things like that. It was sort of like a, a, a backer chapter. Here. Uh, yes. All right, I want to do it again because is <laughs> your chapter. is yeah. your position like all those pads hoping to get up to like two sixty? Wait, no, all what pads? Wait, wait, wait. Well, all what pads? throwing all first, pads. First of all, I never wanted to have a lot of pads, and I never wanted to get up to two sixty. So it was speed, speed kills, yeah. and t- and especially when. For me, the longer I got in my career, the more I wanted to lose weight because you get a little bit slower as you get in 12th, 13th year. So if I drop and streamline about five pounds, that might help me add a little bit of quickness. So here's my question, though, is that is your position becoming extinct? No. No, not if you're the right type of player there. I mean, you got to have speed. The coverage skills now are much more important than 
you know, back in when I played. Or I mean, Jonathan was a great coverage linebacker. He had a lot of speed. A lot. I think he could survive today. Every single down. I think. I think me in my prime, I could also. But as I got, I mean, I started to use my mind a little bit more if I had to cover. And I and you can use that by saying. I was armed with various calls to my outside linebackers or defensive linemen that if I had, say, Marshall Falk on an, at an offset position for me and I got him in man-to-man coverage, I would tell my outside linebacker or my edge rusher, Butch. And that means you have to hit him as he releases before you go into your rush. Do you experience some animosity from your edge rushers? Absolutely. Because they want sacks, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, you want to win? Hit him, Willie. You know, like Willie McGinnis, when we have arguments or something like that. Hit him, Butch, bro, Butch, do it now. You know, you got to do it because that cover on him for me is, and conceptually, is more important than you your percentages of getting a quarterback sack based on you may get blocked. It may take you too long to get there, get out there. Marshall Falk, you know, various coverage, Curtis Martin, those type of guys that had to go up against. It was, they were, they were like number one on the list. So we had to take care of those guys. And if I'm slowing down a little bit and you tell me you got to get him man to man, I'm making them think I'm blitzing. I'm using a little butch on the outside. I'm messing with their mind as I cover. You know them what, what's funny is you asked about the extinct, uh, our position being extinct. What I've noticed uh, the past few seasons is that they're not, they as in D coordinators are not allowing their linebackers to make these type of calls. Like I remember, like you just said, we used to call it hit and take the butch. We were, if I had Marshall or Kevin Falk be like, Hey, hit, 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 hit him, yeah. hit him or, or take, and I'll add on on the edge. And I, I go to the sideline, Greg Williams, whoever was my D corner at the time, Hey, what'd you call? Why'd you do that? I tell him why. I say, okay, done. Move on. I don't see that happening now. I don't see the coordinators giving the backers that leeway anymore. I feel like they're they're becoming too paranoid about having control or letting go of control. Mm. So now you're seeing a lot of these things. Like we're, I'm watching, I'm watching the game, and I'm saying, man, why doesn't he just make a call? Make yeah. a make a stunt. Make the D line do something right here, so you can go and make that play, or you can get the D line going. It's not happening. Have you noticed that? I've noticed. Yeah. I, I just feel like they're not giving them the reins, man. They're on the field. They see the game the way you see the game. Let them go. I think I think that way, especially in the red area sometimes when there's that offset back right there and there's yes. a tight receiver. You know he's going to the flat. Oh, man, just make, make a call. call. Make, make a call. Yeah. But as, as fast, I think as fast and athletic as they try to get at the linebacker position, sometimes you have to get so much younger. And then so you get a younger player in there, and now sometimes younger players, they don't feel like they can freelance. It's what I'm told, and it's what I have to be, and they're almost robotic at times. So you have to have that also. I mean, with Belichick, I didn't feel I could freelance initially until I showed him Teddy knows what to do. I can do that. I can. If it was back then, it was two gap. I know which gap I have. Here comes the guard. Now I swim him. I slip him and I take one I take one side then I'm able to stack back inside and still be in my gap. Uh, and he looks at me and says, "Well, that's not the way we coach it." But you made but, the play. But you made the play. Good job. So, right. you, you you take it, you better make it. Things like that. A lot of a lot of teams, I'd say especially sometimes with those coaches that are that have that pedigree, some younger players they're, they're scared to take chances sometimes because coach tells me one thing and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that, I don't like that, man. That the old school coaches that have been around were like Belichick. If you take it, you better make it. And mm-hmm. if you make it, I'm not going to say a word. But if you don't, 
then I'm I'm gonna you know chew you out, whatever it is. But yeah. they give they give the guys the leeway, man. You get you got to. But I say this, I mean Bobby Wagner, love him. Luke Keekly, uh Smith in Jacksonville. Yep. A lot of Levante David. I mean, there are a lot of great Florida State kids. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of great. Well, I mean, for Jacksonville. Yeah. Right? A lot of great yeah. uh, players. Yeah. A lot of great players that can be. They're, they're sort of that. I say new age. I guess that's the term now. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I ask that question, I look at some of these thinner faster and then some of these hybrid safeties that are linebackers and it's almost like if you can play with like a third safety who can like be Arizona a more physical they, when yeah. they brought Buchanan yeah, down Dan in Buchanan, yeah. right. Mark Barron in right. Los Angeles exactly uh, so yeah, the Rams when you guys were playing and you're talking about these calls and all the things you think about who was the skill position guy non-quarterback that that scared you the most or you felt like you constantly like it just changed tight the end. way your Sunday went the tight end if they had a stud tight end I was always who? give me a name Tony Gonzalez yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Tony Gonzalez, even in in um, in Indy, how they used Pollard, I think at times Dallas Clark. Dallas Clark, yeah, yeah. Dallas Clark, the kid yeah. out of Iowa. Yeah, what Iowa. was the problem with yeah. him? Great hands, great hands, great route running. And the problem is that you, so if you take a receiver, you want to eliminate a receiver, you can put skill corner, skill safety on him, right? Or you you can you can match it up, and then you eliminate him, and it's outside. For the linebacker, for the tight end position, the linebacker has to be. If you're going to truly eliminate the tight end without involving corners and completely changing your defense, the linebacker has to be involved. Linebacker mm-hmm. safety combination to truly eliminate them, right? So, the I was always worried back then. Tony Gonzalez was with the Falcons, and he was still still really good. And so I was always worried because yes, the safety can come down, but what does the safety have to do? Also, play run. So if you tell a corner, hey, cat coverage. That's your guy. Yep. That's yep. it. He's done. Don't don't ever think that he's ever going to help on a tall sweep or nothing. That's cat coverage. He's out of there. Safety still has to, you know, pay attention to the run. So now they do a little play action, just that little bit. You know how it is, Bruce. Just yeah. just that little oh, eyes in the wrong place, and now this tight end is streaking down. Even if you have the double, someone has to count for him at first before you can get the next guy there. And that was always a tough matchup. And those those third down backs too. I mean, you, Kevin a lot Falk. of time, yeah, Kevin Falk. Yep. Um, uh shoot shoot who am i thinking about who am i thinking about uh you had a good one in in, in with the jets leon i think it was a short leon washington yeah leon yeah, when they Florida put him State. in the backfield yep. on third down i yep. was like oh man okay i know i'm still playing every down it's like man i gotta get on this guy right here it's those little quick quick backs where you got to start using that creativity to make them think before they get on the route yeah. Very difficult to do. Yeah. So so when you watch today, you're saying Vilma, you don't see those calls. You don't see those. I don't see anymore. because like watching watching Brewski back then I would watch Brewski. I would watch Zach Thomas. What did you see out of Brewski that you Ray. liked when you watched tape of Brewski? Demonstrative. You you you're when you're watching film, you're watching a Sunday night, Monday night game, whatever it is, you know who's in charge. Brewski was in charge. Zach Thomas was in charge. Ray Lewis, they were in charge. You'd see them, hey. You do this, you do like he said. You see him pointing, hey, go, 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 do whatever it is that you're supposed to do. And I don't see that from the backer, so I can't say they're not making the calls. But mm-hmm. I know what it looks like when they when they are making calls. And right. I know what it looks like when when they're in charge. And then you go on the sideline, and it's a quick conversation. It's like, hey, what happened? What did you see? And you can see it on sideline. Bruce can say, hey, I saw this, this, this. Yeah, we're done. And you get you get mad respect as a Patriot for another player when. Belichick talks about them in the Wednesday team meeting, and you know it doesn't happen a lot of times. He'll he'll go over goals like our three things you got to do on defense is win on third down, 
double the tight end and set the edge in the running game. He'll give you like three goals or something like that, and then he'll go over to the offense and give them three goals. But when he brings up a player and says, watch this guy on film, he's sometimes there's a, big, there's a big three, and we talked about Vilma. And so Vilma, Vilma was there. that good yeah. in your eyes. Vilma was that. I'd watch. I wasn't that good in your eyes, Ryan. <laughs> so, what the sometimes hell? Wait, I would watch him. Wait, wait, I would, hold on. <laughs> I, need, I need this question answered. He was, Teddy was definitely that good in your like, eyes. Yeah, no, no, he, no, I no. was not that good in your eyes, Ryan. I thought you were awesome, Vilma. No, you kidding no, me? No, no we'll have this I, I wanted. Where's <laughs> me as a host? Teeing up Brewski, like emphasizing because you guys like pointing out that that was a rarity for you guys. So what would you guys say about him? Oh, um, Vilma Belichick. Yeah. Oh, well, he talk about knowledge. He talk about sideline to sideline things like that. Uh, ability. Like, you're not. Almost, you can't soften me up. Ability of man. You got like a you got like a running back out there playing linebacker. Talk about how skilled he was. I mean, I would I would watch him too, thinking, man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could run like that because I mean, I wasn't the fastest or anything like that. It was like whoo, 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 watching it on film. Yeah. yeah, but the grit, Teddy. Don't forget. He had a little boat. He had a little boat, man. Gone. Come on. Are you kidding me? Um, you guys are awesome, man. I wish we could do that every week. All right, yeah. that's Teddy Bruski. Thanks for stopping by in studio with Vilma. Rosillo Show reminding you to watch all three hours of the show on ESPN News. We're going to pick all five conference games, Power Five against the spread. I've got some work to do here. That's next on ESPN Radio. Electricity charge inside Energy like a lightning strike Take one spark and I will ignite Never stopping, I won't stand by Now that Human Resources Director Ryan Lee has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent and time He's really on top of his game He even has his own hype song I'm the best beyond belief I got strength and got the speed Entire workforce Complete with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. No, nobody catching up. They're not fast or strong enough. I got that electricity charging inside. Take one spot, yeah. I'm attracting and engaging the best people every step of the way. Never stopping, I won't stand by. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Never stopping, I won't stand by. Two massive pieces of news of the college football world. That's the way this week has gone, and they've almost all been about Tennessee, but the first one is bigger, and that is Jimbo Fisher resigning as head coach of Florida State Seminoles. We knew it was happening, or at least we knew that it had been rumored he was supposed to resign before their final game on Saturday. Remember, they have one game still on their schedule because of a postponement from the weather. He's off to A&M over $7 million a year, $75 million the total value of the contract, the largest single contract signed for a head coach in college football but history. still won't play players. Get it in. Just thought I'd Get throw it, it out there. You got another 25 minutes, Vilma. Just thought I'd throw it out there. Jonathan Vilma with Rosillo today. The other news that we have, so Mark Schleyball had that piece on Jimbo. You can check it out on ESPN.com. The other piece is Philip Fulmer now, as we had heard here on the show, that he was pulling this power play and that John Curry fired as the AD when he went out to go give Mike Leach a good job that apparently – the people back in Knoxville didn't want Leach to have. So Curry flies back to Knoxville. He gets fired, and Philip Fulmer has been named the AD. We don't know the full term of the contract, in-term or long-term, but Fulmer wanted this. He's wanted it since he was forced out. Hamilton, the AD, that was being advised by Curry back in 2008 when Fulmer was fired. Think about this. I mean, this is how it feels. It feels like a massive Game of Thrones-type deal here where now all of a sudden Fulmer is back in power, yet they still don't have a coach. Speaking of coaches, uh, there are also some games. Bowl season looming. 
Tune in tonight. The Pac-12 Championship. I can't wait for this. Stanford USC. I'll be sitting at home. Championship game presented by 2018 Ford F-150. Coverage at 7 Eastern right here on ESPN Radio, ESPNRadio.com, and the ESPN app. The ship continues to sink for Rosillo and his picks this year. It's another really poor effort from him, going one and four last week, leaving him 29, 35, and one on the season. He's really sorry. The heart is there. Well, maybe it isn't. But either way, it's probably a good time to stop riding this train. Don't say we didn't warn you. That wasn't very nice. I mean, I think it's fair to say you're tanking. Is that what's going on? I'm not on? tanking. I tell you, I was in a 500, so that means then I'm gonna just going to through the motion. I'm going to have a great week, and then I still have some NFL stuff to get this thing right. I'm going to end up at 500. That's the way it I just want to know, are, are you going through the motions? Are you tanking? Which one? No, I'll admit, though, I've, I've mentally questioned checked myself. Out. No, no. Oh. Out. <laughs> hey, it's here. Game day. Yes. I'm taped up, ready to go. All right. So, Vilma, the Giants are 22 saying. and 20. <laughs> Uh, overall, <laughs> I'm 600-500 on the season. Mm. Bad week last week. We start off. We're going to pick all conference championship games and bonus picks. Don't worry about it. Stanford plus four versus USC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am taking USC with the points. I really like Stanford. Uh, I think USC is going to be healthy. They can run the ball. If they can run the ball, Sam Darnold will have a good game, and they're going to win by more than four points. USC. Uh, give me Stanford and the points. Ooh. TCU plus seven versus Oklahoma. So I talked uh, an hour ago about how awesome Baker Mayfield is. Uh, I still think he's awesome. I think he's going to win the Heisman, and I love their offense. But TCU can keep it close. They they are the one defense in the Big 12 that tries to play defense. So I'm taking them with the points. Not to win, just the points. I agree. TCU and the points. One of these, like both rematches, there has yes. to at least be a split, right? And I know I picked against him in our straight up stuff. Him. Yeah, I did too. So, yeah, I, I look at it like a three point game. I really I think, think it's, it's going to so go back hard. and forth. I think it's going to be a three point game. Side three, note, four point game. Can I suggest this? Although you know, I don't have time for a side note. We got to keep moving here. I just lift up the clock. I agree <laughs> with you. TCU plus the touchdown. Georgia plus one and a half versus Auburn. Give me the Bulldogs plus one and a half. You got it. Bulldogs plus one and a half. I'm taking them, baby. Miami plus nine and a half versus Clemson. I mean, at nine and a half, it's almost disrespectful. It's almost offensive. I'm taking Miami at the point. Miami. Put me down for the Canes. Ohio State minus six versus Wisconsin. I would have taken them at minus five, minus four, minus three. I'm taking... Oh, excuse me. Plus five, plus four, plus three. I'm taking Wisconsin. Plus taking. one. Even. You you took them straight up. I took them straight up. Yes. I think we're both going to regret that. But that's all no, right. No, we're not. No, all right. Wisconsin's you know what? going to win. Team, team us right now. Because you know what? Tiger. Back, folks. And so is Miami. Back, folks. Bonus picks. Nobody has North Texas. Excuse me. Everybody has uh, Florida Atlantic. Nobody has North Texas because you all think Lane Kiffin's the funniest thing ever. He is. So I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> His and... trolling is awesome, by the way. Yeah, Hor- but dude, horrible example as a head coach. Weapons. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, give me North Texas plus the 11 and a half. The mm. most publicly bet side is Florida Atlantic right now with the lane train. So give me North Texas plus 11 and a half, and give me Florida State laying 26 and a half against. Louisiana Monroe, because everybody's betting Louisiana Monroe as if all of a sudden now they're a good football team and that Florida State will be so distracted 
by all the coaching stuff. So those are my two bonus picks to get you back on the right side of things. Because Rosillo is back, folks. Not really. Very debatable. I just noticed that you picked all the same teams I picked besides USC. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, tough for me to catch you that way. Yeah, I know. If you can't beat the best, you join them. But I'm going to take two over, dude. San, San Fran <laughs> <laughs> plus three on the road playing the Bears. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I always thought he was a very good quarterback. I still think he's a very good quarterback, and I think he's going to keep it close, if not win the game. And I'm not worried about that West Coast hangover going to Chicago because it's a two-hour difference, not a three-hour difference. Yeah, you did some flight charting here. You put almost was, two hours into that. One I was Bears really thinking because I you wanted to find advice. one that I was very confident in. I'm very confident in this because this is going to put me in the winner, like a real winner. Not like you, like a real winner. Right now, just over 500. A real winner. Stuff. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like right now, I'm winning but not making money. I want to be a real winner and make some money. Because Garoppolo. Yes. Hit us up, 1-800-Flowers.com, Twitter feed, at Rosillo Show. We had NC State head coach. NC State head coach. Can I take a picture of you? I'm yes. listening. No, tell us more about the picture you're about to take. No, no, just a picture of my pick. So, oh, okay. you know, I know that when I win, it's legitimate, you know? No, that's great. We're excited for you. Dave Doran, <laughs> uh, why he didn't go to Knoxville. We just talked to him less than an hour ago. You're going to hear that answer, which I thought was very revealing, next with Vilma yeah. Rosillo, ESPN Radio. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, mm, chocolate lab? And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance. My man, Jonathan Vilma, over here for all of his work throughout the college football season on these Fridays and getting here and flying up. You were awesome, man. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm here on the 15th, December 15th. We'll stop by then. I Hang out as long no, no, as you as want. No, no, as in if you would like me on the show, I will Done. be here. Done. Everybody liked you. Nice. E- even Florida State fans. I'm serious. Incredibly impressed. You know, for, to sit down and, you know, I've been Thank doing you, this show uh, with so many different people <laughs> the last, the last uh, eight months. Seven months or so. Well, I, I would like to know, now that Will Kane's coming on, right? Yeah. In January. Is that a relief for to know you have one guy with you, or do you like having a different personalities? I think for the listener, it's it's better when you kind of know what you're getting because the consistency. Be, yeah, the people okay. some people will go, um, you know, because like, I'll say you you guys are good. I, when yeah. I watch first take, you guys are good. No. So I didn't know if it was one of those where it's like, oh, cool, Monday I got this personality, it's cool to deal with him. I, I was good either way. way. I, I was good either, either way, way with what okay. we were doing, but I think for Will to do it five days a week, it's going to be a the huge opportunity for yeah for him and everything. So I don't – I mean, I did the Rosillo show. We should just keep that, that signage around, but um, we did it like two years ago. I did it for a few months. Yeah. So it's always kind of weird because the first time I did the Rosillo show thing, they go – I'd be going under the calf, and people are congratulating me. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is probably temporary. Now, another question: Yes, is Will as terrible as you at picking games? I just need to know. You know, he's never on a Friday, so we the, don't know. The fans, well, he will be. So he I will just, be. I need to know. If the fans want to know: Is he as bad as you? I can always I'm six under five hundred. I can okay. always six under five hundred. Text Vilma. you the picks. I can let you know <laughs> what you should take. <laughs> <laughs> this is like 
Wake Forest making fun of NC State right now. Ooh. Okay, so just bad on bad. Is just, that what you're trying to no, say? Like okay, okay to on okay. Little disappointment. Yeah. Okay, twenty two and twenty. That's yeah. You're right. That's I'm six hundred. Don't start making <laughs> it out to be something else. You're right. I'm only two games above, but I mean, it just feels good to be a winner, right? It does, and man, because Vilma this weekend, the U. I hope so. So Jimbo's out. Okay, Jimbo Fisher's out. Gone. And DeAndre Francois, their quarterback, hurt in that first game against Bama. I think a big reason, even though that O-line wasn't very good, a big reason why they had the disastrous season, at least on Florida State standards. Yep. Uh, Not the only reason, but... Francois tweets out just moments ago. This is 10 minutes ago. Yeah. No call, no text. (laughs) You could have said something. So you're already starting to see this. Florida State, Mm -hmm. the fans are upset. Players are upset. Some players are saying if he comes back, even next year, I want to transfer. There's no loyalty. So this thing could get real nasty over the next few days. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate that he didn't do a no call, no text. I get that. If you are Jimbo Fisher or if you are a Florida State fan, you look at the scenario, he was being pressured by Florida State to make a decision. Either you're here or you go. So he says, all right, I'm gone. When when was he supposed to find time to now address the team and yeah, say, hey, guys, this is what's going on? That one's tough. That's I, I mean, tough. I know I, I, what everybody would like to have happen. Exactly. And maybe you reach out to the quarterback, you recruit him, you've known him his whole life. Well, not his whole life, but the high school life and all right. that stuff. Uh, but a lot of times this stuff happens quick, and then you find ways to be like, oh, it should have been handled different. The funny thing that I found, and look, I'm just going to say him because he's my friend and my former co-host, is Canell going on Twitter reminding Florida State Twitter to stay classy. Which is like Lindsey Pellis telling another model to put a shirt on. Uh, so, anyway, Dave Doran, who's the NC State head coach still because he turned down the Vols, joined us. Here's previously, and I think a revealing part of his answer on why he stayed. Previously on the Ryan Rossillo Show. Well, I think you have to look at everything. And for, for us, it always starts with our kids. And uh, I got a senior in high school, a sophomore in high school, and a sixth grade boy. They're all boys. And, you know, just, uh, I don't know the, the right word to say it, but just the comfort level that I was concerned about them having in their schools even and uh, the welcome that uh, coaches may or may not get. And, you know, you don't know what to believe and what not to believe. Um, but I know what we have, and I don't think you risk something that you have for something that you're not sure of unless you don't have a job. Did you get a sense of the uncertainty that was going on? Were you aware that there may be something above you where uh, the AD may be out of there? You just don't know. I mean, obviously in conversations like that, you're, you're being sold the opportunity. And, you know, I talked to him and, and uh, Coach Fulmer both, and I think you could sense that everybody wanted that place to get back on their feet, and they were embarrassed about, you know, kind of where they were. And uh, I didn't sense, you know, animosity between anybody. I mean, you just could feel a, a bunch of people that really wanted to get back to where they used to be. Um, but I wasn't really trying to analyze their friendship as much as I was. Hmm. You think that's him saying that it's just such a hostile environment that if it didn't go well, he was worried about. I, I think well, like not even the it didn't kids? go well. I think it was just a hostile environment. There was there was no stability there. Uh, it's intriguing that his kids he was worried about mm-hmm. because you you leave there and you say, well, something outside of football made him wonder or concerned about it for his kids. Then he was talking with Fulmer and with Curry. I don't know if it was at the same time or what, but that's also odd. You know, there 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 are things that he brought up where on a normal 
interview or or a court courting of of a coach that doesn't happen and a coach should never leave there thinking man what are my kids gonna think well how are my kids gonna feel that should never happen yeah it seemed like he was hesitant to even really go there by the way a last minute addition on this news with Jimbo DeAndre Francois saying no call no text Mark Schlebaugh is reporting that Jimbo actually was trying to get to as many players as he could and he hasn't been able to do that because once he was resigning he was I believe that Vilma's the man that'll do it for us the Rosillo show you're listening to ESPN radio